Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the world transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Monday. How are you, my friend? Man, getting started with another week, and uh, we've got a good one uh, lined up, don't we? We have got a good week lined up, and we've got a fun show tonight, because we've got a collection of really interesting technologies to talk about and kind of a kind of a fun way to package them up with our first story here talking about the Gartner hype cycle. Are you familiar with the the Gartner hype, hype cycle model at all? Well, apparently this is something that uh, they roll out uh, yearly over there at Forbes. They, they talk about um, and uh, and they add things to it and take things off of the hype cycle. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, this is sort of new to me. I, I, this is one of the first times I've come across this. So kind of break it down for us. Sure, absolutely. Well, so Gartner, as you know, is one of the big uh, technology analyst firms. You know, the the big one. They're they're famous for the magic quadrants. Uh, they're 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 most famous. Ah, yeah. Visualization is the is the magic quadrant where you decide whether something's a leader, it's an innovator, it's a. Uh, I can't think of the other two categories in the in the quadrant right now, but but. And companies get laid out according to that. But their second most famous and, and maybe more interesting graphic that they put out is, is the hype cycle, where they track up-and-coming technologies through this really interesting uh, curve that, that they describe technologies going through, from, from the beginning of the innovation trigger through the peak of inflated expectations, down into the trough of disillusionment, up the slope of enlightenment, and finally into the plateau of productivity. And it, if you look at the July 2017 new take on the hype cycle, they've got virtual reality right there on the slope of enlightenment. So virtual reality, one of the highly hyped products of the last few years, has made the circuit, right? It hasn't disappeared. It's gone all the way from the innovation trigger. It had highly inflated expectations. There's been a period of disillusionment. For years, for years right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. This is, this is a, you know, this goes on for a long time. You're in this, uh, right, potentially, right. potentially in this cycle. And now it's about to hit, if it, if it stays on course, about to hit the, the plateau of productivity. So it's a, you know, it's an interesting model. I think there's a lot of truth to it. There's, there's definitely a lot of truth to the idea that ideas get a lot of enthusiasm, then the enthusiasm goes away, then the reality starts to kick in, and eventually they pay off or they don't, right? They, they, they eventually reach the point where, as Gartner describes, I think it's a good way of putting it, a plateau of productivity is going to occur. But what's interesting about this year's hype cycle has been what's been added to the very left start of the quadrant, down there in the innovation trigger, because that means that these aren't just wacky ideas like we talk about wacky ideas but these are wacky ideas that businesses <laughs> this is stuff that's graduated from our show <laughs> it's graduated from our show onto the yeah exactly gartner's been yeah. listening weekly and they take notes and you know <laughs> they, they've added a few of these to uh you know to, to the cycle these are these are things that businesses are are excited about they're serious about they're trying to build 
build businesses around. And if you look at the if you look at the things that have been added this time out, stuff we've been talking about, 5G, deep learning, stuff we have not been talking about, 4D printing, which I find really interesting. I had to look that one up. 4D printing is 3D printing plus a, a time component added where they're, they're ultimately talking about some very advanced materials stuff going on where you print something in 3D and it changes shape over time or it can take on another form. So this is conceptually just almost kind of hard to get your head around. And, and I'll be very interested to see what happens with that idea as it, as it works its way through the cycle. And, and I'm really interested to see it, and I've got to do more research on this. Who's looking at this from a business standpoint? What do they, what do they plan to do with it? But the one that really caught my attention that has made the Gartner hype cycle is AGI. And if, if, you, read, if you read this article, they say, oh, yeah, we're going to see AGI all over the place in the next five to ten years. Artificial general intelligence. <laughs> I'm like, okay, not, go home, Gartner. You're drunk. The what AIs are you? that answer the phones and, uh, you know, that, and, and, and direct your call. But uh, you're talking sentience almost at that point. Um, uh, that's, that's how yeah. we typically use the term. Right. Right, now, right. Here's what they say. Artificial general intelligence this is from the Forbes article is going to become pervasive during the next decade, becoming the foundation of AI as a service. Gartner predicts that AI as a service will be enabling core technology that leads to the convergence of AI everywhere, transparently immersive experiences and digital platforms. So, you know, I think they're using the term differently than we've used it up to this point. That's, that's the only way you can get AGI under the Gartner hype cycle at this point, because it hasn't happened yet, right? I mean, the, the, the way we use the term, AGI means you've got an, an AI that you can co-host your show with, right? That you, you, I mean, right, you, can, right. you, you, can, you can do anything that, uh, that a human can do if you're, if you're an AGI. So I, I feel that they are using – it feels to me like talk about hype, Right, some marketing person has gotten a hold of the term AGI, and they've kind of shoehorned it down it. just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've, it, it could very well be that that's the uh, uh, the route to the artificial general intelligence that we, we talk about is you know uh, just AIs uh, that are uh, become more and more general over time, and then you know there's there's no one point at which you can point to them and go, hey, this is a true AGI like we. You know, like we envisioned years ago, this it, it's there's no one point. It just at some point you're there, you know, and uh, um, it's yeah, I, I could I could see that as a path. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree also that they're using it a little bit, uh, a little bit differently from. Uh, from yeah, now. either they know something we don't know. Right. And, yeah. and the singularity has occurred. And Gartner says, <laughs> oh, hum, singularity happened. Well, get it on the hype cycle or. You know, um, yeah, they're, they're, I, I think they're using the term differently. But, it, but it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, it's going to be, I, I think, unfortunate if AGI becomes a marketing term in the way that nanotech did, right? We'll have, to, yeah. we'll have to then find another thing to call it because if businesses all claim to be selling AGI and what they're actually selling is really good, really persuasive personal digital assistance, things like that, you know. That's awesome. Those are those are those are great technologies. But I think it's uh, I think it's wrong to call it AGI. So there you go. There's there's a few of the technologies that are entering the hype cycle. What I thought we would do with this show is let's talk about some technologies that are not in the hype cycle, and talk about whether they ought to be, uh, have been, 
will be again, etc. Okay, so some, you know, Gartner, if you're listening, here's some unhyped technologies and and whether they should be looking at them and paying attention to them. And the first one is, you know, talk about a hype title, right? This this piece in Wired, Bill Joy finds the Jesus battery. Okay, so Bill Joy has has made a, a working at a new company has got a major breakthrough in batteries. What's going on with that, Stephen? Well, the major breakthrough is this, um, solid batteries. Batteries um, for 100 years have, uh, have, have a liquid center to them, and, and that's a huge limiting factor in a lot of ways. And, and engineers have been trying to find a way to uh, use solid materials instead of liquids, you know, 100 years. I mean, it's ser- seriously a century of work on this. Well, it, it appears that uh, the company that uh, Bill Joy has invested in uh, is, is, has come up with a polymer uh, that replaces the liquid. Um, it's, it's solid. It happens to be fire retardant, which is pretty awesome, right? I mean, uh, that's, that's been a problem with batteries uh, lately. We've seen a lot of fires started with batteries and things like that. So th- this would be safe. And, you know, um, we use uh, in pretty much all our cell phones and our computers and cars, everything that needs to be recharged, we use lithium-ion batteries. And uh, that's because they are rechargeable, but they're also dangerous. Uh, They tend to be expensive as well. Um, And and, and here's the thing. Uh, Solid core would help lithium-ion batteries. Um, there's a lot of things that they would like to do with the lithium-ion batteries that are just too dangerous that would make them even these lithium batteries more explosive, more dangerous, uh, in exchange for in- increased power and and maybe uh, increased ability to uh, discharge power faster, things like that. They, they've worked on ways of doing it, but it just it, they they're limited by the the uh, safety factors. Well, the the solid core could be used in lithium batteries, and all of a sudden you got like a half dozen at least uh, things that uh, engineers have been trying to do with lithium batteries that all of, the, all of a sudden become uh, very doable. And uh, so that's one of the things that uh, Bill Joy was talking about. But he says, hey, let's go back and look at the uh, alkaline batteries and why we went to lithium-ion batteries to begin with. Uh, alkaline batteries were invented back in 1960. They're cheap, uh, made with materials that are readily available. Uh, they're, they're relatively powerful. They're just not rechargeable. Efforts to recharge uh, alkaline batteries—they—they uh, they tend to—you you get a—you know—maybe a half dozen charges out of them before they start messing up, and so you, you, it just doesn't work very well. So what, uh, you know, what uh, happens here with a solid core inside of uh, one of these old batteries? Well, you know, they become rechargeable, and so. He's, ultimately, he, he boils it down. Bill Joy boils it down to this. He says, if you're, if you're Elon Musk, you start uh, with this new technology by improving your lithium-ion batteries. But ultimately, you might make the switch over at some point to go uh, to advanced alkaline batteries with a solid core because uh, they're, you know, they're, they would be cheaper. Uh, they would be re- as rechargeable as, uh, as uh, the lithium batteries and safer. Um, so there's, there's just, uh, it, it opens up, it's an avenue, a broad avenue for lots of innovation, um, in batteries and that's, and, and the world needs that. Um, we, um, increasingly require uh, batteries to do everything. So, uh, that's, that's kind Our of lives are so dependent 
on battery technology. It's just it's it's right. a, it's such a huge piece of what we deal with every day. You, you've got your you got your phone that contains a big chunk of your life with you all the time, and it, it's so like just I don't know irritating, and, and, depressing and we, we when you look mu- down. We spend and much of the day wondering, well, how much how much charge do we have left? That's right. Oh, twenty one percent. You know, I got to plug in. I can't do this. I can't go be mobile for a while, right? Because it's not like I'm going someplace without it, right? So th- this, this this dependency we have on batteries is a is a is a very real thing. This is really really interesting breakthrough these folks have made. If if I can just go very technical here for a moment, and and I hope everyone can track with me for a minute. What we're saying here is that you're Traditional ion batteries, like you put in a flashlight, or like you would have put in your CD player a few years ago, or something like that. You know, the little round batteries, alkaline Sorry, batteries. Alkaline batteries. Alkaline, the alkaline right. batteries have squishy right. stuff in them. Okay, they got squishy stuff in them, and you've seen it where they, you know, explode and stuff. Where there's oozy stuff in them, and that's being replaced by plastic. It's a polymer that right. goes in there, and suddenly you've got a much more stable environment. And one of the reasons that Bill Joy, or excuse me, that Elon Musk might consider down the road, according to Bill Joy, switching from lithium to alkaline batteries is because the materials are so cheap. He talks about we can make them out of aluminum, right? We can have an aluminum yeah. battery that has the alkaline core, that has the, 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 the polymer inside it, and you've got a rechargeable battery that you can make for a fraction of the cost of what it would take to make a lithium battery. Probably a much more favorable environmental footprint for these batteries as well over the right. over the, over both the traditional alkaline batteries and over the uh, lithium batteries. And Bill Joy's thinking big here. He's talking about yep. how with this technology, you've got the ability to really create a smart grid such as we've never had before because now you've got a place to offload power from the grid and then bring it back. When, when you need it. This is, this is one of the things we talk about when we talk about wind and solar. You know, how do you, how do you distribute that power over time? And there are, all these, there are all these methodologies for distributing power. They, they talk about them a little bit in the article, that you can push water up a hill, right? And then when you need the power back, you let it come back down, it turns the turbine, you get the power back. You lose about you know, 40% of the energy in the process of doing that. Here you'd lose just a few percentage points, Right? You've got these big batteries sitting off to one side of your grid. And he describes it as a kind of an Internet of energy, kind of an Internet of power that would be enabled by these big batteries. And when I read that, I think, you know, this is just such an important part of the future of how power is going to work. And if this is an enabling technology for that, this is huge. Yeah. But my question is, how big will these things be? How much longer will they last, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. What this story doesn't get into is what's this going to do for me and my phone, right? That's, that, that's, that's kind of what I want to know. And they don't – do they hit that? I don't think they really do. No, they, they don't. I would, I would suggest to you, Phil, that, uh, that your phone might be cheaper um, because, you know, yeah. they're not, you're not having to put an uh, expensive lithium-ion battery into it. Uh, so that's part of it. Um, it also would be safer. Um, you know, we've, we've heard stories of, uh, laptops exploding and call, and causing fires and, and, and all kinds of things like that. You'd, uh, so you'd have a, you'd have a cheaper, safer phone. 
Now the question is, does it uh, would it be a better phone too? Because perhaps it uh, it holds its charge longer. I would suggest that it would, based on what Bill Joy is saying here, because again, this is opens avenues for innovation that uh, have been closed up till now, and some of those innovations would be to increase battery life, to increase the ability for uh, the battery to discharge more power when it's needed, things like that. Um, it, it, it just opens up huge avenues that uh, have not been available because you're, de- you're dealing with the, the gooey center, right, of these batteries. So um, now, now you're dealing with a, a solid center, and, and it just makes things <laughs> – it creates possibilities for innovation that just weren't there before. Yeah, I think, I think what's probably most exciting about this is just that it introduces potentially a viable alternative to lithium batteries. And if you've got two potential models – then you've got not only just the kind of business competition between the two, but just sort of the technical feedback, the kind of, you know, leapfrog that can occur between two viable, available technological models there. And if, if we do start, it's easier to picture things like laptops off, off the top of my head, you know, picturing alkaline batteries as they currently exist, unless their shape is going to change significantly. It's easier to, it's easier to imagine the way we've, you know, just shrunk the footprint of everything and, and we assume that kind of flat lithium-ion battery shape, um, products would have to be a little bit re-engineered. They'd have to be a little bit redesigned, I think, to to account for alkaline-type batteries unless they're making them much smaller than what we've seen up to this point, which they might. It, it, yeah. that, 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 that might end up being well, the case. Yeah, I mean, it could, you could uh, very well end up with just, you know, um, uh, very flat, um, uh, you know, alkaline batteries that, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I think that the, the, the batteries are likely to change shape uh, um, because the products, you know, these very flat laptops, we love them. I mean, we're not going to start making them thick again so we can shove a bunch of double A's up, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, the thing that, is, though. That's just not uh, going to happen. Uh, you know, let me let, let me let me just say that I don't know as much about batteries as, as some people might think, but um, they've been making them round like that for a reason, right? You know, if they could have made a flat alkaline battery, they probably would have at this point. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing. Right? Well, you know, they they, they have those uh, those quarter shaped uh, alkaline batteries that uh, you can buy for your calculator. That's true. That's true. Okay, so you so, can imagine it like a little bank of those, right? The, yeah, the, yeah. Which could substitute for a flat battery. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, yeah. that that might that yeah. might work. So so something, but they are going to be round, right? For some reason, it seems like they have to be round. <laughs> have to be round for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know it's not. It's not important. I'm just picture. You know, when you try to picture it, it's like, well, what are they going to? What are these batteries going to look like? But you put a bank of those together, and yeah, you you know, if if the the thing is, if it's not making the laptop any bigger, if it's not making the phone any bigger, if you're getting more of a charge, a longer charge, or a longer battery life, that's the other thing. Is these these batteries not only do they not last as long as you want them to last throughout the day, they degrade over time, right? So right, the, right. The, the amount of the amount of time you're getting from it during the day today is better than what it will be in six months. So if 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 you can improve either of those curves or both of those curves, then you got a winner. You know, you got a technology that I think people are going to look at and say, yeah, let's let's do this. And if if you really can make these kind of little 
banks of them, these little panels of them to compete with ion batteries, it's you know it's easy to imagine Elon Musk down the road having having a car running off these things. I don't know. It's a it, it's it's quite a vision he's got. Absolutely. Is Absolutely. it hype? I guess that's the that's the question. We'll well, we'll see. You know, um, Bill Bill Joy. Uh, let me back up and say what you know. Bill Joy a few years ago um, uh, came out with a paper. I believe he and one other individual uh, published a paper together that uh, talked about 25 areas that really the world needs innovation in. Mm-hmm. And it included things like batteries and uh, desalinization and several other things. I mean, it was about 25 things. And uh, he, they looked in, you know, they, then Bill Joy started looking around for low-hanging fruit in those areas. And uh, this, is, this is what he was attracted to. And um, he... He, he he found uh, he found the the guy that was the uh, that was innovating with uh, these, this polymer and, um, and and threw some money at it and uh, and brought and, and brought it to fruition he says and so yeah he's hyping it I, I know that he is uh, he wants to he wants this to be uh, is something that the world picks up on and, and runs with and uh, I hope he's right and uh, and that he's not overhyping he's got something real there we'll see. I hope so too. All right, let's look at some other yeah. technologies that right. potentially could be being overhyped here. You know, let's let's go to nextbigfuture.com. Brian Wong, the I don't know, the master of hype. I think everyone <laughs> would have to agree. Brian is. He's not a hype kind of a guy, is he? He's he's a you know he, he this 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 is a man who uh, he gives you the facts, right? The, he gives you the numbers and and make of them what you will. So I've looked at this story. This is an interesting story. China's small modular pebble beds will be 400 million for 200 megawatts and 1.2 billion for 600 megawatts. And I know a lot of you are super excited when you <laughs> when you hear that headline because you've probably been tracking how much we're paying per megawatt. But for those who haven't, um, <laughs> this pebble bed technology, obviously nuclear fission technology is nowhere on the hype cycle. That's old, old, old technology, and no one's excited about that anymore. Pebble bed nuclear technology is a new and upcoming thing and it is interesting because it adds a component of safety which is very important and it also adds a component of efficiency that we've not seen in you know it's been kind of a breakthrough technology for for nuclear for nuclear fission in in that respect Brian talks through these and bottom line on this is right now China is putting out nuclear power plants. They're building them up. They're, they're ramping up with nuclear big time and re- actually replacing their coal energy plants with nuclear plants. And right now they're doing it Huge anywhere. They've got to do that. They've got to do that. They're choking over there. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, you want to you talk about how you, how you address your carbon footprint. They're working on it. Okay. They're, they're working yeah. on it in a very realistic way with, with nuclear power. Right now, every time they put out a new plant, they're getting the same energy we would get from one we would build in the West um, at about uh, half to a third of the cost. Okay, so right. that's like, hey, we're paying we're paying more than we should for our megawatts of energy. But if you track what's happening now, where they're going with this pebble bed technology, read read through read through Brian's article. They're on the cusp of being able to put these things out at about an order of magnitude less than we're paying. Okay, so this yeah. is a this, if true, a major breakthrough in getting power out there, and it really does become comparable in price to the coal plants at that point. It's like, well, we might as well do this because 
it doesn't cost us much more money. And obviously, they're, you know, it's just a lot easier to run a nuclear power plant than it is to keep having to dig up coal and <laughs> shovel coal into a plant all the time. And it suddenly it becomes this, you know, almost kind of either or. And hey, let's go with the cleaner technology. Let's, you know, it's 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 not just an environmental issue at that point. It's actually a, an economic issue. If true, if correct, it's a real game changer. For um, we should we should point power. out that the pebble the pebble bed design is basically meltdown proof. No no three mile islands Chernobyls with this thing. It's, That's uh, right. Um, and there, it's, uh, there are reasons why that are pretty complicated and would, would take too much time to explain, but it's, uh, it is a very safe design. Um, basically, the, you know, one that we really should consider uh, for our country. Uh, and um, it, there's also ways that you can make it uh, where it would be safe as far as nuclear proliferation, too. Uh, you can make a pebble bed reactor that would be very difficult to get uh, – uh, fuel for a bomb out of, um, you know, other than just, you know, maybe something like a dirty bomb. I mean, a, an actual nuclear bomb would be difficult with uh, with some of these uh, pebble bed designs. So, um, in, in, you know, so it could, it could be the sort of reactor that you, you could share with areas of the world that you wouldn't want necessarily to have a bomb, right? Right. Um, yeah. And so, um, I, I you know, obviously, uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, the, the, China's development of these uh, reactors is a good thing for the world. And, um, you know, bravo. And yeah, we, good for them. To, and, and all I can say is anyone, anyone who's considering looking at this technology and thinking about it, it's like, hey, if the lack of meltdown doesn't sell you, I would think that one, up to one-tenth the price tag ought to, right? That's, yeah. It's like, hey, that sounds like a pretty good deal. We were talking to Jay Storrs Hall last week about how we move ahead with energy production. Well, here's China doing it, right? Here's China actually getting themselves back on the Henry Adams curve and getting a lot of power for less and less money. They're, they're, actually, they're actually turning that corner. So, Yes, it's, it's a little bit like this, Bill. Uh, would you be interested in buying a $100,000 Tesla uh, you know, sports car? Yeah, it's too expensive. No, probably not, right? Yeah. Well, how about $10,000 for this uh, Tesla sports car? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And suddenly you go, yeah, oh, I mean, well, yeah. Well, you maybe so. I, you yeah. know, yes. If, let me write my check right now. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I can turn around and sell it if nothing else, right? <laughs> I mean, it's. Uh... <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I think that's. I think that's a. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good comparison there. So I don't know, you know. Again, I I don't uh, I don't think of Brian as a hype guy, but if those numbers are right, they sound hypey. But if they're if they're right, this is a technology definitely to keep an eye on, and something that we're going to be hearing a lot more about. Okay, so very briefly, because there's not much to say about this one, but artificial intelligence created using human DNA. Nowhere on the hype cycle yet. More of a stunt probably than anything else, but basically created four highly, this, this team of researchers created four highly simplified artificial neurons in test tubes comprised of 112 strands of DNA, each strand programmed with a specific sequence of bases to interact with other strands, and the interactions resulted in outputs or not, basically mimicking the actions of neurons firing. So basically they've created a little neuron computer using, using DNA. They basically replicated in a, in a very small way what the, what the brain does and are using it for for computation, um, 
not, not even being terribly hyped right now, just the idea that DNA is being used to, to ultimately produce artificial intelligence, which is kind of the way intelligence has come about on this planet anyway, is via, via <laughs> DNA. That's, we were laughing before the show, Phil. Uh, you know, uh, if they're using human DNA to uh, create artificial intelligence, uh, then how artificial are we talking? Exactly, point? yeah. It's, <laughs> this is all natural artificial intelligence. I don't right? know. Nope. But I, 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 su- I su- suspect they're not using actual neurons. They're just using the DNA to, uh, to do computation, which... It's something that uh, they've been, you know, they've been doing for a while. Um, researchers have been using DNA for a while, but here they just, you know, like you say, uh, um, here's one for the marketers. Uh, we're using actual human DNA to uh, do our experiments with. So I don't know. Maybe they're that's that's as much for the shock value as anything else. But yeah, this uh, one this one feels like it's you know if you're if you're if you're measuring hype content right on all of these stories you know you go back to the bill joy story that might be about 50 50 maybe it's about 60 percent real and 40 percent hype the uh the, the nuclear one no, i'll give it a straight 50 50 because it sounds awesome if true but those numbers just sound so you know hard hard to get your head around this one let's give it uh, you know 90 10 right on the hype side i think this is this is mostly hype but let's watch that 10 percent, okay because that 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 ten percent of what's happening here, the, the actual science that's occurring, is potentially huge. But it's it's a watch this space, isn't it? Yeah. Very much so. so we will watch this space, and we'll continue watching all of the spaces where uh, hype is occurring. And you know, Stephen, I guess we'll get back to our regular job, which is feeding stuff into the hype cycle. I think that's <laughs> that's right. That's and really we'll, what we'll get started with that on Wednesday. So <laughs> that's right. We'll 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 be we'll return to our regular role of feeding things into the hype cycle very soon. Well, anyway, this has been fun. We will be back on Wednesday with a brand new show. Look forward to being with you then. Stephen, look forward to being with you all. And until next time, live to see it. <laughs>